The best data warehouse isn't a warehouse at all. It's a data lakehouse. Because everything you can do with a data warehouse, you can do better with a data lakehouse. How about SQL analytics with 12 times better price performance than a data warehouse? Streaming data and ETL? Those come standard. Machine learning? Yes. Governance, data sharing, predictive analytics? They all work better on lakehouse. See everything lakehouse can do for you. Visit databricks.com today. I know now what I want to say in my intro for my podcast. I'm going to start with a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last podcast, last graphic, last painting, last blog post. There's so many forces out there that want us to be bland. And that is not possible with this fro. I have too many thoughts about celebrating us, reading what I want to read pointing out donkeys, what links us together and shouldn't tear us apart. I'll also give you bonus content through 10 Froze Bar on my Patreon and if you become a melanated nerd. I also will share content about getting the real tea on reality TV. Join me in this episode of 10 is reading for the wild ride. And thank you for listening. trying to create a better environment for recording, like cutting down the TV, having and not such horrible background noise. I'm going to have to get uh, a headset uh, because it seems like all 50 million that I previously had have since just kind of disappeared. But anyways, this is about my glow up, my glow up, my glow up. I am well on my way to 200,000 I'm just on Podbeam alone. I'm up to 186.4 as of this wonderful May Monday morning. And it's remarkable. Most of my downloads, 99.91%, are concentrated to United States. And I'm trying to get back to, because my computer has frozen up. Ooh, DC in the house. DC is in the house with uh, 1,095 separate downloads just there. Thank you, District of Columbia. Thank you, Texas, Utah, y'all. For whatever reason, I'm popping in Utah. But my journey continues with the expansion of my show to get as many new listeners and downloads across all platforms. And for the listeners now, thank y'all for your support. I really appreciate it. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading tin from I can go anywhere. Friends to know, ways to grow, a reading tin from I can be anything. Take a look. It's in a book, a reading tin fro. A reading tin fro. Tin fro.
So this past week, I had the pleasure of camping in a very beautiful place, Lake Lanier in Georgia. Of course, I found out about it about when I, because I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. They've gone up there. Also, uh, Love and Hip Hop, I think Young Jock actually had a treehouse out there or something. They had a, they, or lived on a houseboat on Lake Lanier for a minute. Come to find out from my old yuck mouth nephew that Lake Lanier is built over the top of Oscarville, which was a black town. The black people were run out of this county uh, in the early 20th century by the racists in neighboring, was it Blount or Bupkis? I don't remember that. But let me go back to this article. They ran all the black people out of town, even landowners, and they didn't want them to live in the town. They didn't want them to, and it's Forsyth County, it's not Bubkiss, I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. But there were 109 black residents that uh, paid a farm tax in Forsyth County, all landowners. The community was known, Oscarville was known for its churches. And then they decided back in 1912 that they wanted the land because they wanted to build the lake and they needed, and they just, it was a land grab. The United States came in after they had ran off, the mobs had ran off uh, and night Riders had ran off all the black people from that town. I don't know so much about the uh, fruit and the food uh, being poisoned because it's gone down in history as one of the most haunted uh, motor accidents uh, have happened on the lake. And I think it's the ancestors uh, reacting back. But it's interesting that I have never felt so protected because I was there in my RV with my little dog and I got encouraged and I finished reading Piano Lesson, which is also about a haunting. The premise of that story, and I digress because I think there are a lot of other stories that you could talk about the lake house that can be black featured. And I'll probably do that in a later episode because it was so dope. Um, Dealing with the supernatural is something I always think about, but how August Wilson uh, treated the supernatural in the piano lesson. The piano itself is haunted. They said that it was haunted uh, because that piano was traded for two slaves of this family. And they bought the haunting with them to Pittsburgh. And they couldn't exercise or get rid of the man that basically or the spirit that was actually haunting the piano until uh, Bernice, one of the sisters, basically started playing it again because that's how she conjured up the ancestors that protect would protect them and get rid of the ghost of the white landowner that traded their family members for this piano. And one of the family members ended up stealing it back he ended up losing his life for it and they couldn't get, it's just, I'm still dealing with the reason why that 
because he knew it was wrong. And he was basically forcing them to basically help it. I don't know. It was that he went down there because his ghost was tied to it because of the wrongdoing of his ancestors did for basically selling to their relatives for the price of a piano, making that the most priceless piano on earth. And he was doomed to continue to walk the earth and not rest because of that wrongdoing. That's the price he had to pay and his family had to pay for that atrocity. But the only it seems like the only one that realized that was Bernice, the grandchild of the man that had carved the, the piano, as well as the man um, that stole the daughter of the man that stole the piano. And she understood it on a basic level. And it, of course, it would take a black woman to actually understand that on a level also, the she knew the power of spirituality. It was in her bones. It made her a little bit bitter. But I think once she relaxed um, and got beyond the survivor mode because she had PTSD, um, her life partner was actually killed welding a gun, you know, on some foolishness because they were on some BS uh, with her brother trying to steal what was theirs. But she's the only one that realized that this is not just an antique. It was priceless for all that they had to pay for in order to maintain it and to keep it in the family. That made it priceless, more so than some land, more so than anything. And she knew what it was tied to it, which made it great. And that's why it's just weird that I was able to basically dissect and read um, this play, August Wilson's play, so rapidly. And I was in the most haunted place, Oscarville and the po- black pogrom at that time. I get it, y'all. It's and the same thing. And I became just like I had an affinity for Harrison Lake, another beautiful place uh, right here, uh, really close um, to Tennessee. They ran off Cherokees there and built that beautiful uh, recreation area. Now that's a recreational area there. Same thing down in Georgia. It's a luxury RV resort and you can actually rent lake houses. It is gorgeous down there. But the price that they had to pay and those bodies that's underneath those that hundreds of feet of water. Is it worth it? And ancestors will come back and protect it, but they'll also come back and reclaim and be not at rest if we don't do right by their relatives and everybody, the extended families that actually lost. It's starting to make a case for reparations, ongoing reparations, not just for the Native Americans and indigenous people, but also for African-Americans too. As easy as it is for me to find out uh, contributions to donkiness, it's also becoming even more easy to find out about us meaning African-Americans and people of color doing great things. Um, And then this week's segment of Black Excellence, this is no different. I have been reading up on the McBride sisters. I started following them a couple of years ago. Um, Back in 2020, at the height of the Panorama Pro-V, there was an African-American-owned 7-Eleven in Texas that stopped this then not so well-known brand of Black Girl Magic Wine. And since then, since stocking the brand, they reported some of the highest sales ever. And since then, they have been 
on a growth path, meaning legitly they are the largest black owned wine company in the country. Um, now, the reason why I'm highlighting them in black excellence, because they're still at it. They're empowering the next generation by having a She Can Fund dedicated to investing in the success of women interested in mastering the business of wine, closing the gender and race gap in the industry, which I think is absolutely dope. What I'm going to do is, as I wind down this segment, I'm going to put the uh, direct link to that application because the applications are closing as of June 15th. And I bet they've gotten overwhelming response. But while you're listening, you can navigate to www.mcbridesistersfund.org um, before the 15th to get your applications in and get in on the wine craze on our terms. Speaking also of food. Also, I'm going to highlight her too, Sheila Johnson. Because of them, we can highlighted the former owner of Chef Kwame Amawachi. He actually is moving into the, a new restaurant in a former Mandarin Oriental. Now it's called the Salamander. I'm like, why a Salamander? And then I found out who owns it. What's her name? Sheila Johnson of BET fame. Girl, I think this is so dope. The chef himself made a name for himself while he was on Top Shelf on Bravo, and he's coming back to D.C. But I also think it's dope that my third uh, big ups is to BET co-owner and the CEO of Salamander Hotels and Resorts, Johnson, uh, Sheila Johnson. Why? I mean, how cool is that? All this blackness, all this excellence in one great place. I'm glad I looked him up. I'm glad I found out a reminder of Sheila Johnson because her resort, I've been, I tried to, I heard about it during, of course, the Panorama Pro V. I was thinking about having my 50th birthday there. I may, maybe my 52nd, I turned 52 this year. Maybe I'll do a trek there, huh, and celebrate with people that want to roll with me. That would be kind of dope because I think it's in Virginia and I think it's accessible and it won't be so hard. Yep. It's in Middleburg, Virginia. Huh. I have to check that out and have a redo and see how it goes. I heard it's Lux all the way. Um, but again, economically, creatively, I'm always going to celebrate us. And this is what this segment, Black Excellence, is all about. <laughs> Republicans, y'all are making this way, 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 way too easy for me to go off on your dumbasses. The word is today, Fuhrer DeSantis, after signing into law, each law more egregious than the other, more restrictions on don't say gay, restrictions on how you can talk about race, restrictions on removing sensitivity training, racial sensitivity training from public universities. They and he set it up his unwoke agenda, which comes off as a checklist for fascism, bigotry and racist white supremacy. He tosses his hat 
in the presidential rank. Just all along as CNN made a prediction that a rapist, a convicted rapist, Chump, who lives in Florida, by the way, now, that conviction or the libel suit that the lady he raped 30 years ago is not going to dim his chances of, again, entering the primary for president of the United States. And then we got my own governor in Tennessee. This is so embarrassing because I live in this mf -er. And I want to leave so bad, but I don't want to feel like because I'm lazy. He basically signed a bill after all those little kids and their teachers got killed at the school in Nashville. And Justin's, the two Justin's and them were basically uh, kicked out of the house, Tennessee house, a rep. This fool signs a bill in or in and, and place of protection for the gun manufacturers. I know that gun. That's not how you do gun control, but you don't pass laws to protect them from lawsuits because that's equally as egregious and tone deaf. And they are the most backward gaslighting. They say shit like, well, protecting this doesn't passing more restrictive gun laws don't stop school shooting. So I'm going to protect, but still protect the gun manufacturers. Oh, oh, okay. Dumb. And that's why you were donkey. And then you basically reversing diversity training, which I honestly think is against federal law that, and then you basically say that that diversity training actually increases racial bias. Really, bruh? Really? It basically just protect the racists and the bigots. That's who it, it protects. That's when you reverse those laws, that's who it protects. Those laws the, against abortion, it doesn't protect women. It basically protect, it protects no one it, because it puts women, in particularly African-American women's lives, in further jeopardy. When you basically do all of this reversal and basically this swing to the conservative right is just equates to the rise of fascism in this country. I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to keep saying it because y'all are not hearing me. Why are you voters allowing these fools to basically have this conservative fascist agenda and y'all letting it roll through? They're getting more and more restrictive and it's making it easier for them to unprotect people that look like me and that are my gender. So nerds to all of y'all, y'all going to end up being donkeys. And I'm just planning my own black set because y'all don't know how to act. And it's going to take minimum, I'm thinking, 20, 25 years for all of this crap to reverse and to sit the freak down until the FAAFO crew, until they get some power and people stop supporting these fools. Because when the when the buck stops and the pockets run dry and people mess with their bag, they that's when they get real hinkety. So I'm hopeful that if people will have will stop supporting people that won't support them, that are doing this damage to this country and are leading to the demise of democracy, not in its purest form, but in any form. That's what is going on when these donkeys do this power grab and dumb shit. And we're all watching it. It's crazy to me. Let's take a pause right here for the cause. And plus, at Fogo Gichon, everything you see is yours for the tasting. 
all the exotic fruits and fresh salads from the market table, all the perfectly sliced picanha and tender lamb chops, fire-roasted and seasoned with rock salt. And every buttery slice of filet mignon, so unbelievably tender, you'll wonder, is it on your fork or in your dreams? Have it all for one price with the full churrasco. Make a reservation at fogo.com. More is more at Pandora Jewelry, where you'll find beautiful hand-finished pieces perfect for creating stacks of self-expression. Collect charms, stack bracelets, and layer necklaces to design a look that's uniquely you. Start with the piece you love, then stack and style it your way and show the world something about you. Shop Pandora Jewelry now. Shop Pandora Jewelry at St. John Town Center, Jacksonville. The Final Frontier. The stories came, contained within this content are the after 5 p.m. and before 8 p.m. escapades of a middle-aged space nerd with a fro. Continuing to talk about things that only interest me for bonus content. I will talk about space news, pop culture in space, and shop talk, ramen, and break down the latest episode of Star Trek whatever is coming out from the latest franchise and also whatever is popping in my head if you're up for this journey just know that this is a metered shade laced opinion if you don't agree don't subscribe but I hope you will and thanks for the support. The Shade Bunch, the Shade Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. So just like all the other shows that I watch, I don't know these white folks on Vanderpump Rules. I decided, because I had been hearing a lot, a lot about uh, this last season, and you hear all in the blogs, Tom Scandaval, and it's Sandoval. And it's a bit sketch because, I again, I don't know who they are, but there is a lot that has been surrounding the shenanigans and the shenanery of this unruly group of white folks. Again, rich white folks, now middle-aged, been on for nine season, on Bravo. Um, I think Va- Lisa Vanderpump was one of the, either the real housewives of Beverly Hills of the OC. But anyways, I don't know if these are kids, her cousin, her godchildren. But these fools are wildin'. Evidently, Ariana and Tom Scandaval or Sandoval has she found him with his penis in one of her friends. And now they're all in an uproar. They all got little beefs with each other, but now they're all rallying around Ariana because clearly 
this cheating boy is clearly in the wrong. I'm watching this in disbelief. I may watch this episode, even though it's 830 or maybe not. Maybe the reunion, because that's surely, surely is going to be off the heasy. I now that all my the girls trip is over and Giselle got her Casa Azul, even though Candace and Leah basically hid it from her. Oh, no, no. It wasn't even Candace and Leah. It was um, the girl from Utah, Heather and them hid it from Giselle. I don't I don't think they're going to have a reunion as far as girls trip. But that would be kind of funny. Real Housewives of Atlanta has restarted back up. I've seen other scenes where she actually, oh, there's my dog crawling in the bed. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm not so much looking for Potomac because that manufactured bullshit by Giselle and Robin and the delusions of Karen, I can't rock with. But I think it's hysterically funny that now I'm watching Vanderpump Rules by not by accident, because I was sitting up here reading the piano lesson and I was like, oh, what's going on? And why is Carlos King so bent out of shape about this show that he doesn't produce? Well, in the Real Housewives domain, he was evidently a producer uh, on Atlanta for many years. That's why he's so invested. And he's actually friends with a lot of these people. I think he has a very valid opinion. And it's very funny how he expresses it. And when he gets together with his other friends on the podcast. But he was actually right about this series. And how they're rallying around the scorned uh, girlfriend. Wow. I didn't know. They dated for nine years. Um, they consider themselves life partner. They got this cool house. And now she's getting ready to bounce because he cheated on her with one of her best friends. Like, there's not other free tale in California. I just don't know. But anyways, unreality TV for you. Vanderpump, the unruly. I am perplexed and bamboozled. I'm looking at... This walking, talking douche go with his side piece, Wraith Raquel. I was very, very concerned that they were not going to Hester Prince, Scarlet Letter, her ass. But they're all complicit. And the producers of this effing show are capturing this. Somebody knew this shit was going down. These bitches are here smiling and kicking and it just revealed that he was scandal. They both were scandalous and have been hooking up for seven months while he was supposed to be in a, a committed relationship with somebody else. How much did they have to pay these white folks to do this is what my question is. And was his penis so good that it was worth, literally worth, you giving up all your other relationship, destroying your relationship with Ariana, destroying his relationship with this, her relationship with her family, his relationship with her family, because they're all, it's all kind of incestuous intermingling. 
I can't. I am freaking floored that none of these these people have moral or ethics. They just in it for some type of one time gratification, really not giving a crap about what they do in the real lives of other people. And these producers are all complicit in it. And this is Hollywood or this is California. This is ratings and clicks and who are the influence. We got the influencers are vapid, talentless, soulless people that think this is needed for stardom. Good luck with that. And I don't need any of y'all commenting on the shenanigans of Kim Zolciak. I think she knows. She's vapid. She wants other people to take care of her problems because she knows she's completely incapable of it. And she knows she already sold her soul to the devil. But these fools are presenting a facade that is just so reckless. I can't even. I just can't. This is disgusting. So I called it and I'm mad as hell. So last week I was talking about Real Housewives of I don't know if Atlanta and I was just talking about how boring it was. And now I'm watching this, the third episode in and I'm still mad. So the storyline with Candy Burris is getting old. I love Candy Burris. I really do. I watched, looked up and figured out which of the episodes of the shy that she was on. And I was like, okay. Season three, like episode five, terror, whatever. And I'm like, okay, bleh, not going to be able to watch this shit because it was so graphic. But I'm like, I'll come back to it. Okay, whatever. It's on Prime. I have didn't know or forgot I had a subscription Showtime. Click back over because it is Real Housewives of Atlanta. It drops on Peacock tomorrow, but I'm watching it now on Hulu. I'm not impressed with this Courtney hoe because she's turning up to be relevant and I'm not sure why she's on the show and I don't understand why the fuck she on the show. Now I figured that she had a relationship with somebody 10 years ago. They're not even married and they co-parenting and it makes sense because she's with this old shady ass fake ass Drew Sidora who I can't stand I don't know why I don't like this hoe because she's fake as hell she held up her appearance because she needed more money or a contract I don't understand why a mad is fight and now I called it I was like she said she could see nobody was impressed with her Happy birthday to Sheree. Sheree don't even like her ass. And now she, and I called it. I was like, the only reason I would listen to this shit, if Candy is sing with her. Now they got a single that they get ready to drop. And if you're not jip jiving, I wouldn't be surprised if Candace and Chris getting ready to peace out Potomac because of Giselle and Robin's fakery. She get ready to come down south, just like Martell came up north 
from Huntsville. If I got to call that, if I got to call something again, I think that is what the real tea is. She, her mama is down there. Potomac and Washington, D.C. is played because of the fakery of Giselle of it all and that franchise. Why wouldn't she go down and live her extra life in Atlanta in black Mecca in black Hollywood turn up and be extremely crazy. Chris, who could get into the scene down there, I think he would fit in more in Atlanta. And it would be so cool to see him and Bone, what's it, Monetta's husband, Heath, kick it with Todd. Oh, my God. Why couldn't Chris be the general manager of... OLG and Blaze. How dope would that be? Oh, that would be so dope. And he got the skills. He's a chef. He knows how to manage. Oh, that would be so much fun. And I think Candace, I don't know if she could handle it, but she would be a breath of fresh air in Atlanta because it's real black folks and it's not the pretentious bullshit up there. But I don't, but they, I mean, she went to Portia's wedding. They all went to scrapping Portia and then, but it's so different. It's real black folks, not the pretentious BS of Potomac. Oh my God, that would be, oh, that would be too much, but it would be really dope. And I would prefer to see her than this fake Drew Sedora heifer and her fake marriage to that. Tommy asked Ralph because they get ready to get divorced anyways. She ain't that good. I just, oh, I can't stand this hoe. Okay, so I'm all for Drew switching places with Candace because she need to be up in Potomac with Karen Huger's delusional ass and Candace, the real Candace and her crazy mama, which would be hilarious because her mama and Mama Joyce, they would be best shady friends and it would be hysterical. But the performance I saw was stupid. She's not good. We were there for Candians and Insecure, but that wasn't even a bop. I'm confused. And even those, what's her name? Sonia and Kenya are so shady. They're going to need to tell her. They're going to need to get her all the way together because nobody ain't here for it. Why is she on this show? Why does she think she has a moment? Why can't they bop her to Potomac? And they can live a, a, a fraudulent life just like, what's her name, Mia? And then she get ready to get divorced anyways. Her, Giselle, and Robin can commiserate and she can be delusional with Karen Huger. That's what I think. Am I the only one that knows that they pay first year the friends of the show, like Real Housewives of Atlanta, a pittance? And does this Courtney Ho think that her turning up on a 
true OG of the show, Candice Burris Tucker, is going to get her a peach. What is wrong with this girl? I don't like her. I can't. I just. What is this energy? Why does she keep turning up? Nobody knows who she is. Shut up, girl. And I'm so annoyed that I, my pressure is uh, fussing about how this girl is turning up and why they are provoking Candace. Candace just want to make her money, raise her little kids, her little small, big head kids and keep it pushing. She don't need this girl. I honestly think after reading the piano lesson, she actually may get a Tony for that production or vicariously through Samuel L. Jackson. And I think it's dope because Samuel L. is from Chattanooga. I'm living vicariously through them. However, when I watch this show, I am very cognizant on how stupid some of these people are. And this trade, nobody keeps inserting herself in. She's like a friend of Sheree's kids. Why does she think that she and her squeaky voice, that's what gets me, needs to turn it up and just be so disrespectful. And why can't she da 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 da? Is it because she want to take Drew Sidora's place that she need to be on Potomac? As I said before, Drew Sidora is the most delusional hoe next to Karen Huger, who has no, t- and, but she has a little bit more talent and IMDB than Karen because Karen Huger truly was a housewife. And until he got into his tax issues and Karen Huger was on Real Housewives of Potomac, Karen Huger, the best, the she dropped out of college. She doesn't even have a degree. She has a high school diploma, had a kid out of wedlock, and then she had that one girl. But she has been laying up in Potomac for years, getting facelifts and drinking, and had nothing to show for it until she got the show. And now she thinks she's some mega superstar. And even Ray said it. Who cares what she who she is? Delusional. Not she can't sing, not on the stage like Candace. I would have preferred to see Candace do like she did that duo with that bitch of the 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 rapper from Miami. I would have preferred her to see her team up with Candace because they are at least Trina. Oh my god. Everybody's going to come after me, not remember who Trina is. The the Oh, my God, that was so awesome. I'm worse than Candace's sister. But anyways, I would prefer her uh, team up with somebody like Trina or Adina Howard or anybody. Oh, what's her name? Crazy Girl from uh, Love and Hip Hop. Not Miss Chalet, but that would be cool, too, if she did it with Miss Chalet. But... Um, Remy Ma or anybody except for Drew Sidor and her delusional ass. She's not that talented. I don't think her voice is that good. I think Candace Diller could has the much more talent to team up 
with someone just as big as she is. And that hoe, Drew Zadora, ain't it. Because she's going to take it like, I was the lead. She's going to be worse than Portia. Portia had a small part in a bit play. And she's like, oh, I was the lead. No, you weren't. You weren't the lead. What are you talking about? You're not a journalist on Dish Nation, which is a gossip show. Girl, bye. That's who she is the not so pretty, not tall version of Portia Williams. Portia Williams had the cred because of her her granddaddy, Hosiah Williams, who she formerly was married to, um, Cordell Stewart, who she's now married to after she stole him from her own girlfriend, the Gabadia, truly Nigerian prince. She's worse. She's the broke Portia Williams. If that is your only claim to fame, is being the broke Portia Williams. What the fuck? What the fuck? And that's it for this episode of Tenfro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening. Fitness, there's no end to what you can try with your three-day free pass. Sign up today at startlafitness.com. From cycling to swimming, running to rowing, battle ropes to box jumps, and the perks don't stop there. When you join LA Fitness, it opens the door to premium amenities like Olympic lifting platforms, basketball courts, pools, and more. Stop into one of our hundreds of locations. Grab your free three-day pass at startlafitness.com. That's startlafitness.com. Amenities vary by location. Certain amenities may be available for an additional fee. Free three-day pass is redeemable by non-members only. Other restrictions apply.